Hey, welcome to the Kingdom Church Podcast. We're so glad you could join us. We're about to begin a brand new series. So whatever you're doing, wherever you are, sit back, relax. Here it is. If you guys don't mind staying standing for just a second, we're beginning a brand new season here at church. And uh, I want to begin this season, this series, by reading a passage of scripture. It's found in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. I'll explain it as the morning goes on. But it says this. In verse 14, it says, If Christ had not been raised, then all of our preaching is useless, and your faith is useless. And we apostles would be lying about God, for we have said that God raised Christ from the dead, but this can't be true if there is no resurrection from the dead. And if there is no resurrection of the dead, then Christ has not been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, then your faith, come on somebody, is useless. And you're still guilty of your sins. In this case, all who have died believing in Christ are lost. And if our hope in Christ is for this life, we are to be more pitied than anyone in the world. But, and the church shouted, but, in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead. He is the first, come on somebody, of a great harvest of all who have died. Skipping again to verse 58. It says, So my dear brothers and sisters, be strong and immovable. Always work enthusiastically for the Lord, for you know that nothing you do for the Lord is ever useless. I want to call our message this morning, Nothing is Wasted. Nothing is Wasted. Hey, you guys can clap your hands and be seated. Thank you so much to our worship team. Is there anyone this morning that's happy to be in church? So good. Um, We're beginning a brand new series, as I said, and so uh, I'll I'll get into that in just a little bit. Uh, But first, I want to let you guys know uh, a couple of things. Number one, uh, when you get married, a lot of things change. Anyone know that? And so, uh, I'm, I'm here to tell you that maybe one thing they don't tell you, especially for single guys, they, they probably don't tell you this, that it's going to happen when you get married, but when you get married, what you change, uh, or what you watch on television begins to change. Like, uh, I'm not going to lie, before I got married, I had no idea that I'd be watching HGTV. I had no idea I'd be watching the Food Network. Come on, somebody. Uh, but I'm here unapologetically to let you know that my favorite channel is HGTV. And uh, I'm just letting you guys know that because if, like, you're married uh, or getting married, just prepare for it. Because if you're not ready, it can, it can catch you off guard. But, uh, yeah, we did watch the Property Brothers last night. Uh, and we quite enjoyed it. Now, uh, HGTV, Food Network, those are kind of like, you know, our main go-to channels. But uh, we occasionally watch, like, series, like if there's a good series on Netflix or on TV. Um, now, one show that we watch on TV, and we just happen to believe it's the best show on television right now, is called This Is Us. Anyone, anyone watch This Is Us? A few people. Uh, just so good, so emotionally draining. Um, but, like, favorite show on TV. And so I'm not going to give you guys any spoiler alerts, but um, the new season started in September. And so naturally we were really excited because we liked this show. Now, um, Something really interesting happened when we started the show uh, in September. What we found out, and maybe it was there the whole time, but uh, This Is Us, the show, decided that uh, although this show is fiction, 
uh, that it exists in the exact same reality that we exist in. And so what that meant was in this TV show, um, COVID, which is our reality, became their reality. And uh, I'm not going to lie, and this is, I'm not giving you spoilers, I'm just telling you what's up. Um, it, it was really weird when, like, Kevin went to give Kate a hug and he had to tell her that he got tested. Like, it was just, it was, it was weird. And, and so we started watching this show, and, and as we were watching this show, like, I began to get increasingly agitated. Because I'm seeing everyone and they have masks on and everyone's like doing the whole distancing thing. And, 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 and I realized, you know, as emotionally draining as this show is, uh, I watched this show to escape reality. And so I'm watching the show and all it's talking about is COVID, COVID, COVID. And I could just begin to, to feel in my spirit I was getting increasingly agitated. Like I don't watch fictitious shows in order to bring my reality into them. Like, I don't need to watch it if, the, if that's the case. And I was just getting really, really angry because I'm like, man, like, this is, I just can't escape. This is everywhere. It's everywhere I go. It's all I see on the news. It's all I see in every single conversation. And now it's in the Pearson family. <laughs> and, and I was just kind of over it. And I know for a lot of people, if we're being honest, we're just kind of over things right now. Just kind of over. Like, I can't, I can't, I can't do this anymore. And, and one of the things that is funny is, like, I heard this thing, and, and maybe you guys have been there, and it's like, man, I'm just, um, I'm really tired. And so they've, they've uh, put a name to it. I don't know if there's any scientific or <laughs> medical thing, but they call it COVID fatigue. Have you guys heard of this? It's like, yeah, this has just been happening so long, 10 months. Like, I'm just, I'm tired. And I know in our church, like, we have healthcare professionals, and they're tired. I know we have people that have been working from home, and they're just tired. It's been nine months. I know we have people in schools, teachers, and, like, it's just new rules every single day, and you're tired. I know we have people that have been laid off, and then you're still looking for work, and it's like, man, I'm just tired. I'm tired. And one of the things, one of the sentiments, and maybe you guys have heard it, maybe you guys have said it, but have you guys heard this thing where it's like, man, 2020 is the worst. Like 2020 is the worst. This is the worst year ever. Like I just, I feel like I've wasted a whole year. Like this, this just sucks. And one of the things that a lot of people were saying, like especially, you know, like in the fall, is like I just can't wait till next year. Just can't wait till 2021. Now, I'm not here to be the bearer of bad news, but anyone that has any hint of reality um, will know that 2021 is going to look a whole lot like how 2020 is right now. And I know for a lot of us that can be a tough pill to swallow because it's like, man, I'm just I'm tired. Like I can't, I can't do this anymore. I just want this year to end. I just want this season to end. This has been the worst. This has been such a waste. Now, some people are like, Pastor, this sounds kind of depressing. One thing that, uh, if you guys were here last week, how many of you guys heard our five speakers last week? So good. Uh, but one thing I taught them, I said, hey, if you really want the solution to hit, make sure that the audience understands the problem. And so here's the problem I want to address today. I know for a lot of us, this feels like the worst year ever. And I know for a lot of us, we're tired. And I know for a lot of us, we just want this thing to end. That's the problem. But what do I do? What do I do when this thing's not ending? What do I do when, when things aren't going back to normal? I just 
don't know. That's the problem. But the beauty of church, come on, somebody, is that I'm here to present you a solution. And uh, spoiler alert, the solution is not a politician. The solution is not a policy. The solution is a person. And his name just happens to be Jesus. You see, what I've realized about this season is it's so easy to get caught up in what's happening around us. But what if the mark of a Christian was never about what's going on around me, but what's happening within me? And so what I want to do is I want to begin to tap in to the power that is within us. Now, one thing that I've found in this season and one thing that gives us peace is that we serve a God that was not taken off guard. God is not surprised. God is not shocked. God did not turn, tune in to Tuesday's live stream on CTV. God was not taken off guard. God is in control. And what I've seen and what I believe is that if God is in control, he knows exactly what we need in every single season. And God actually knows before we even know. And so one thing that I'm really excited about is that as a church, I believe that God has positioned us. Everything is happening where we are exactly where we need to be. Now, as a church, we have a tradition. And the thing I love about traditions and church traditions is uh, we can invite new people into them. Now, for some people, uh, this is going to be the third year of this tradition. For some people, this is going to be year number two. And for some people, this is their very first year. But we have a tradition as a church where we come together at the very end of the year and we, we, we do a year-end series. And what I say is, I say it's a faith series. And the reason it's a faith series is twofold. Number one, we look back at all that God has done, and we look forward to what we believe he's going to do. And I know for a lot of us right now, we have stopped looking forward because all we can see is what is around us. But the mark of a Christian is to believe that there is always something next. And so this series, I believe, comes at the right time because we need faith. And one of the things that we do in this series, and my favorite part of it, and if you've been a part of it, you know just how powerful it is. At the end of this series, we take a year-end offering. And what we do, we come together as a church, and we posture ourselves, and we say, hey, God, I'm believing in faith that you're going to take this and do more with it than I ever could. And every single year, God has not only been faithful, but God has been leading. And so every single year with our series, God gives us a word. And so for the OGs in the building, the very first series we did, and our church was like two months old, it was called Expand. And we took what we called an expand offering, believing that God was going to expand the church, God was going to expand our team. And God did just that. Year number two, last year, and uh, throughout these next number of weeks, you're going to hear me talk a lot about last year because I think uh, it was an amazing moment, but it was also a prophetic moment uh, because we called our series Sent. And the reason we called it sent was because we believed that God was sending us out in 2020. Lord have mercy. We didn't really know what that meant. But God last year positioned us to be successful for this year. And so this year we have uh, a series and we have a word. And I'm going to tell you that word in just a moment. But first, let me tell you how I got there. Number one, I come to God every single year and I say, God, what's the year? What's the, what's the word? What's the vision? And so in the summertime... And I'm going to take you guys back. This was like great times. Church was just opening up again. Masks weren't even mandatory. COVID was losing. And uh, life was good. And God gave me this word. And when God gave me this word, I was like, God, that kind of sounds cliche. 
Like, there's got to be something better. Like, give me something better. And God did not speak another word. And so I figured, like, this must be it. And so now here I am standing uh, at the end of November 2020, just about December 2020, and I'm so happy that God is in control, and I'm so happy that God's ways are higher than my ways. Come on, somebody. Because what God gave us is a word that I believe is so timely for this season. And so this next series is so simple. It's just called hope. It's called, yeah, you can clap. Don't, do not be afraid. It's called hope. And what we're going to do in three weeks is we're going to take what we call a hope offering with the belief that God is going to do something amazing with it. And so in this series, we have a verse that is our title verse, and it's a verse that you're going to hear us reference, but it's Hebrews 10.23, and it says this, let us hold unswervingly, come on somebody, to the hope we profess for he who promised is faithful. So here's the thing about hope and the beauty of hope. Our hope is not in a circumstance, it's in the one who promised it. Now, what I want to do in this series is I want to present us with some hope. And this series is going to be different than every other series we do at this church. Now, as a church, we believe that we were designed uh, to make a difference, to make an impact. But I think for a lot of times, it's very easy for church to turn into a spectator sport, where it's like, I just consume, consume, consume. And a lot of people, it's like, well, I don't, I don't like church online because all you do is sit and consume. Here's the reality. For people in the building, a lot of times we do the same thing. We sit and we consume and we consume and we consume, but understand this, the world does not need a church bent on consuming. The world needs a church that's ready to contribute. And so the beauty of this series is at the end, we all have a chance to contribute to what God wants to do. And so that's why we take this year-end offering. And I just believe this, one of the ways in which we give, one of the ways in which we have hope is we give it. The only way to get hope is to give it. Is everyone following? And so in order for us, I believe, to have hope, we need to give it. But here's the truth. We cannot give what we don't have. And I know for a lot of people, it's like, Harrison, I just, I don't feel hopeful. There's nothing in my life that gives me hope. How can I have hope? And so that's what this series is all about, and that's what this message is all about, is for anyone that does not feel hopeful, I want to show us how to have hope and how to believe not in a circumstance, but a person. Is there anyone ready to go this morning? Yes. Come on. So what I want to do is I want to study a passage in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 15, and I'm going to unpack the context because if we don't understand it, um, it's no use in even reading it. So 1 Corinthians, found in the New Testament, it's written by a man named Paul, and uh, Paul wrote a bunch of the New Testament. Uh, he was a church planter. Uh, he was an apostle and really one of, like, the starters uh, that helped Christianity go. And so Paul is writing, and the crux, really, of, of this thing that we're going to read here is, is this big idea that there is a difference between hearing something and receiving something. I need us to understand this. There's a difference between hearing something and receiving something. So what has happened, and the reason that Paul is writing this portion of the letter, is because the church that Paul planted, he has left. And what has happened is that the church that Paul planted has gotten to this point where they no longer believe in resurrection. They don't believe in resurrection. 
Now, what we need to understand is what is the purpose of resurrection? Why is it important? So first, we need to understand Jesus. Can I talk about Jesus for like a minute? Our faith as Christians is built around Jesus. Not the fact that he lived, not even the fact that he died, but the fact that he rose again. Because the fact that Jesus rose again means that although he died, there's hope. This is not the end. And the beauty of the hope of Jesus is that the hope does not just stop with with this life. The hope is in the fact that there is a resurrection of Jesus, but he is just the first fruit, and everyone of us who calls on his name will follow. And so what that means is this, John 3, 16, all who believe in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. That's the gospel. That's the good news. What had happened was that this church believed in Jesus but they didn't believe in resurrection for everyone else. Is everyone following? That's the issue that Paul is writing to. And so in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, he's writing to a people that had heard something, but as time went on, they didn't receive it and they didn't believe it. And so 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 12 says, tell me this. Paul speaking, since we preach that Christ rose from the dead, why are some of you saying there will be no resurrection of the dead? For if there is no resurrection of the dead, then Christ has not been raised either. And if Christ had not been raised, then all of our preaching is useless. And all your faith is useless. He's like, if we're denying that there's something outside of this existence, we have missed the point. He says, if Christ had not been raised from the dead, your faith is useless and you are still guilty of your sins. In this case, you have died believing, all who have died believing in Christ are lost. And if our hope in Christ is only for this life, I need us to see this. He says, we are to be more pitied than anyone in the world. If our hope for Christ is only for this life, we are to be more pitied than everyone in this world. You see, as a church, we are called to deal hope to a world that desperately needs hope. But we cannot give what we don't have. And so what Paul is saying, he's saying the whole point of resurrection is the fact that it gives us hope. But he says, if we no longer have that mindset, if we begin to live that says, all I have is this life, all I have is what's around me, all I have is the here and now, Paul says, you will lose hope. So I want us to understand this. And if you're not taking notes, I don't know if you'll be able to receive this, but if you can write this one down, write the fastest way to lose hope is to live like this is it. Live like this life is it. That's the fastest way to lose hope. Because the essence of Christianity is that we have hope for something beyond this. But if you live like this is it, you will lose hope. Now, I want to explain something because Christianity, it hinges on a balance beam. Can I explain the balance beam? You see, if this balance beam is not equal, then Christianity loses its power and it loses its influence. And so if either side is too high or either side is too low, we are not actually proclaiming the message of Jesus. But here's the reality. The two sides of Christianity are this. On this side, we have Jesus' life. And Jesus' life and his death do two things. They give us purpose and they give us freedom. It's purpose to know that because Jesus lived, 
I have purpose here on this life. Because he died, I am no longer a slave to my sin. I'm a son. I'm a daughter. I have hope. I have purpose. Too many people, and this is the balance beam, live a life that says my Christianity does not change how I live here today. It has to. It must. You want to know why we're called Kingdom Church, in case you didn't know? You're like, I just thought you liked the name. No, 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 no. It's because what Jesus said, he said, I'm ushering in the kingdom of heaven. And what he said is the kingdom begins here and now. And so what he meant by that is purpose is not in heaven. Purpose begins right here, right now. Come on. And that's one side of the balance beam. And maybe you've met people, maybe you've met believers where it's like, this place is not my home. Take me home, Jesus. And it's fine to look forward to heaven, but if you neglect right here, you will never act as a Christian. Because a part of being a Christian is to love people right here, right now. It's to serve people. It's to bring freedom to the oppressed. It's to say, hey, I want to help bring justice here and now because Christ has freed me. But you need to under, it's a balance beam, right? And so the issue in Corinth is that they believed life, yeah, life purpose here now. But they didn't believe in resurrection. And the issue is when you don't believe in resurrection, the balance beam is no longer balanced. And what happens is this, you begin to not have hope. Because here's the thing, no matter what purpose God gives you, no matter what he does in this life, we will all, and I don't have to say this very, I don't have to bring this home, we will all have hard times. There'll be seasons, there'll be things, there'll be death, there will be disease. And if we live like this is it, we lose hope. We lose hope. You see, Jesus' life gives me healing for today, but the resurrection gives me hope for the future. So many of us live like this is it. And we have sayings, right? It's like, hey, live like today's your last day. YOLO. You only live once. That's the motto. YOLO. Or it's like, hey, live, like, live today like tomorrow isn't guaranteed. Now, you need to understand something. There's, not, there's nothing inherently wrong with these sayings. Because as a Christian, we believe the exact same thing. Tomorrow is not guaranteed. Today it is short. But the, the, the issue is this. We can never lose that frame of reference that says, although tomorrow isn't guaranteed, eternity is. And if we lose that, we will begin to live like this is it. And if you live like this is it, Paul says... You are to be more pitied than anyone in the world. Why? Because you claim to follow Jesus, yet you neglect the power that helps you believe in something bigger than today. I was talking to someone this week, and she said, she was saying, you know what, like, I don't know how um, people are getting through this season without faith. She said, like, if I didn't have faith, like, I'd be a wreck right now. And she's like, my, my, my parents, for example, like they don't really have faith and uh, they have a whole bunch of stuff going on. Like they got a business, um, they got debt, come on somebody. And, 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 and you need to understand, like if you have Jesus, that's still stressful. But what she said, she's like, I can't imagine what it's like if you don't have Jesus. I, I can't imagine what people are feeling. Listen, it's really easy to get on people and say, man, how come people are so afraid to die? But let me ask you this, how fearful is it that some disease could take your life and you don't believe in anything else? That's scary. 
For, for some people, it's like, man, I just, I just can't understand the way that people are acting. But what we need to understand is that when you live like this is it, it changes everything. And hope is lost so easily. But what she said when she said, I can't, I can't imagine getting through this season without faith, what she meant was two things. She didn't explicitly lay them out, so I'll do it for her. What she meant is this. When we live with faith, we're living with Jesus. And with Jesus comes promises, right? Let us hold unswervingly to the promise because he who, he who promised it is faithful. And the promise of Jesus for Matthew says, seek first the kingdom of his righteousness and all else will be given to you. That's not to say Jesus gives you everything you want, but it's a guarantee you'll always have what you need. And that reframes things. Because no matter what happens in this season, no matter what I lose, it's like, hey, I'm following Jesus. And with him, there's a guarantee. And number two is the belief with God, there's always something better. The Bible says that he takes us from strength to strength, from glory to glory, from victory to victory. And the essence is this. What that means is no matter what happens on this life, in this life, I believe and I live like there's something more. There's something more. And I, and I just think right now, the reason our world's so crazy is that we're, we're witnessing a world that is putting their hope in things that are not Jesus. Now, I, I, forgive me that I always go here, but I, I'm on the cesspool known as Twitter often. Um, and I see people just absolutely ripping the government. I see people calling Dina Hinshaw derogatory names. And it's so interesting. And I ask myself the question, why are people like this? Because, and, and, and for the most part, it's like, well, they're not doing enough or they're doing too much. Either way. But I've realized, like, one of the reasons that I think people can be so hostile is that for so many people, they place their hope in the government. And what happens when you place your hope in the government, I need you to understand this, is that you are placing your hope on an entity that cannot handle the weight of hope. There's only one person that can handle the weight of hope, and that is Jesus. And so understand this. If you put your hope in anything that is not Jesus, be it government, be it person, be it yourself, it will crumble miserably. Because only Jesus can hold that weight. And so what we see is a culture that's trying to find hope in things, in people, in places that cannot hold the weight. Now, here's the thing. A lot of us like, okay, because here's the crux of my message. It's very simple. <laughs> Put your faith in Jesus. Now, some people are like, pastor, I've heard this my whole life. And for some people, maybe it's new. Put your faith in Jesus. But here's the thing, and this is what Paul's speaking about. There's a big difference between hearing something and receiving something. You can hear something, but if it doesn't change you, you never received it. And you don't even fully understand it. And so what I want to do today is I want to help us shift to receive it. Now, here's the thing that's so interesting. Paul, who from all accounts, probably was like a really good preacher. We don't have any audio files. There's no... No one's airdropped it, but. Now, Paul preached these messages, and I'm sure they were fire, but when they left, the people no longer believed it. The question is why? Now, what the Bible tells us and what commentators let us know is that one of the main factors and one of the main reasons that the church stopped believing in the hope of the resurrection was that the church shifted their beliefs from what Paul had taught, what Christianity had taught, and they decided to follow what the Romans or what the, the Greeks believed. And what the Greeks believed, they had this idea, because the Greeks are sophisticated. 
And what they said was resurrection is is undesirable. Why be resurrected? And so therefore, there's no such thing as resurrection. And so the church, I need us to see this, and I hope you guys can make an application. The church began to reframe their idea of what hope was, no longer on what Paul said, but what society said and what culture said. And so then they began to believe that hope, sorry, that resurrection was not a thing. Now, I want to bring this to 2020. I think one of the craziest things and one of the most disappointing things of 2020 is that it's been really hard to see Christianity in any way as being distinguished from culture. We see Christians. It's Christians, non-Christians alike. We're all acting the same. We're blasting people, right? Go, these people are the worst. I can't stand these people. These people don't care about my health. I hate the government. Look at those guys wearing masks. They're sheep. This is Christian and unchristian alike. You see, the whole marker of Christianity is that it's different than culture. Jesus and Christianity is counterculture. And so anytime that Christianity begins to sound like culture, we've lost the message. And I think one of the most disappointing things about, about this time in 2020, and I confess I've been there before, is that I have taken cues from culture, not Jesus. And when we do that, it does not matter what side of the spectrum you are on, you will end up hating, you will end up being angrier, you'll be, end up feeling more stressed out, you will have less hope because you've taken a cue, not from Jesus, but from culture. Listen, it's so simple. You lose hope when you put it in anything other than Jesus. In anything other than Jesus. Can I tell you something, church, this last couple weeks, um, just with the uncertainty, like I've been kind of stressed out because like I don't know what's next. And I don't know if you guys know this, but I love church and I love meeting together. Um, and so I, I was kind of just stressed out and I'm not really a person that gets stressed out, but I'm like, I don't know what's next. Um, and I had a really bad day like Monday because like Tuesday I thought was going to be doomsday. And I woke up Tuesday morning and the very first thing that I did was I, I had my phone, which don't know how I got up here. And I looked at it, and I opened Twitter. And the reason I opened Twitter is because, like, I wanted to see if there's any updates, right? Like, I need an update. I need to know what's next. And I just had a bad day Monday, and now here I am Tuesday. And I'm looking at Twitter. I'm not seeing anything. There's no updates. The only thing is people are saying, you're not doing enough. You're doing too much. War. And I sat there, and I just rebuked myself. And I'm like, what am I doing? Like, this is how I'm going to start my day, and it's easy to justify. I'm trying to stay informed. There's a difference between staying informed and looking for hope. And what I've found is that I've been looking for hope in the wrong places. And the results of that will always be angst. It'll always be stress. It'll always be a heaviness. Now, you need to understand something, church. This is a heavy season. But what if the way that God wanted the church to stand out in this season is when a time when everything was so heavy, there was a group of people that understand, with with no uh, explanation, was light. Without really any evidence. Why are they so happy? Why is there so much joy? Because the reason we follow Jesus is to be countercultural. Is to stand out. And so I I I want to appeal to you, church. 
If you want to give hope this season, find it in Jesus. If you're looking somewhere else, you will not find it. And you'll deal the wrong thing. And we'll be like the Corinth church. Where they had the message, they heard it, but they didn't receive it. And so I want us to receive this this season. We're so busy focusing on what's around us, let's not neglect the power that's within us. Now here's the thing and why we need to understand resurrection. And why we not only need to hear it, we need to believe in it. You see, resurrection turns everything on its head. Jesus turns everything upside down. I'm not sure if you guys are aware of this, but maybe some people in the church are wearing a cross and a necklace. Maybe you got a cool tattoo somewhere. And we wear it, why? Because it's a symbol of hope. What's funny, though, is the cross, historically, was the means of the brutalist form of execution known to mankind at this time in the first century. People were hung on a cross, most times naked, and the reason they hung on that cross was to shame people. Not just to punish people, but to shame them. To say, shame on you, let's look at them. Jesus, come on somebody, turned this, this tool that was used for destruction, Jesus flipped it on its head. And by the resurrection, Jesus had the cross, which is meant for destruction. I'm going to turn that into the means in which people have salvation. If you're not seeing it, what I'm saying is that we serve the God of the turnaround. The God that takes what the enemy meant for evil, come on somebody, and he turns it for good. It's, it's the God that says, even when it feels like I'm surrounded, I'm actually surrounded by you. And so what that means, the beauty of Christianity is it does not matter what's going on around me. I can be hard-pressed. I can be persecuted. I can be sick. I can be abandoned. No one even has to like me, but I have Jesus. God has always turned suffering on its head. So what if in a season where all we see is suffering, what if God wants to flip it? What if God wants to flip it? And that's what I want to do in this season. I want to flip it. And I want to show you guys not only why I believe you should have hope in Jesus, but why I believe you should have hope in this season. Paul says, so my dear brothers and sisters, be strong and immovable. Be strong and immovable. Why? Because your faith isn't in a circumstance. It's in a purpose. It's in a person. And if Jesus has been faithful before, he's going to be faithful again. Now listen to this, church. For the rest of this series... This is a faith series. I'm going to tell you so many stories of how God has been faithful in this church, how God has been faithful in this season. Because listen to this. This year has had challenges. This year has been hard. This, this year has been long. Come on, somebody. But I refuse to call this the worst year ever. I refuse to. Other than the fact that I have two girls that were born in this year and have lived through it. But as a church, with all this craziness going on, I haven't seen the worst year ever. I've seen the best year ever. And one of the beauties of God is he gives us naming rights. No one can name your season. Just you. And so listen to this. God's faithfulness in the past gives us hope for the future. And so can I share with you guys, and we're going over time, so I just got one story for you. I got a whole series of stories, so come back here, church online. But one thing for our church, I'll, I'll share you guys a little story. Um, back in November 2019, uh, we, uh, as a board, 
uh, we made our budget for 2020. And uh, as a church, we've always kept things lean, small budget, because, like, frugal and scary. Um, <laughs> but in 2019, uh, we... Uh, increased the budget, largest budget we've ever had in our modest two-year history. Um, and the reason we did it, and, and one of the biggest reasons it increased, was because for the first time, I went on salary. Thank you, Jesus. Um, and so um, one of the things our elders um, said was just like, hey, we're going to have faith. Because uh, we made this call, and they're, they're the ones that um, set the actual number for stuff. But we made it at a time when giving uh, in our church wasn't necessarily fantastic. It was I wasn't fantastic, and uh, it's really interesting. So the plan was, like, if we didn't meet budget, um, we would take from reserve. And you never want to take from reserve to meet budget, but sometimes you do what you got to do. So that was the plan, November 2019. Uh, so 2020 starts, and we go for two months, and, and giving was kind of like what it was. It was I not great, and then the pandemic hits. And when the pandemic hit, um, you start hearing all this stuff right, and forecasts, like closing churches, that's going to kill new churches, that's going to kill small churches, that's going to be the end. Now for us, maybe it was ignorance, or maybe it was my belief that we'd only be in lockdown for like a week, um, I wasn't too worried, but we decided to move forward, right, like everything's crumbling, this is weird, this is the unknown, but we're not going to give up, let's just shift, let's just do church online fully, and see what happens, and so our team of people, it was a small team, we did it throughout the whole pandemic, uh, we just kept doing new stuff. We just kept innovating, and it was so weird because what we, see, we, we kept seeing was that God just kept expanding, expanding people that were watching and people that we were connecting to, and it was so weird in this season where it seemed like this would be the end, the church actually expanded. And we got story after story. It happened every single week. It was like, you're not going to believe this. My mom's watching church. She's never been to church. My grandma's watching. You're not going to believe this. Someone in the U.S. is watching. Two weeks ago, he's like, hey, you have people in Malawi, Africa watching. You see, God has this way, come on, of flipping things upside down, of taking what the enemy meant for evil and turning it for good. But here's the thing I want to get to. The people... Um, they didn't just uh, sit and, and watch. People actually began to participate. And what we saw was we saw people begin to give that have never given before. And we saw people from literally everywhere giving to Kingdom Church in St. Albert. And here's the thing I want us to understand. In July of 2020, which is about five, six months ago, we reached budgeted giving for the entire year. You see, God has this way of when things seem like the end, he actually expands. He expands. So that's why, look at this. Paul says, be strong and immovable. But he says, always work enthusiastically for the Lord. For you know that nothing you do for the Lord is ever useless. Nothing is wasted. Nothing is wasted. Listen to this, church. The easiest thing to do in this season is to give up. The easiest thing in this season is to say, it's too hard. I've lost too much. I can't move forward. I'm scared. I have fear. But when we believe in Jesus, we cling to the promise that says nothing is wasted. No pain is wasted. No teardrop is wasted. No loss is wasted. With Jesus, nothing is 
wasted. Listen to this, church. The pandemic did not shut us down. The pandemic cannot and will not shut us down. Because we serve the kingdom of Jesus. And his reign does not end. And he promises us glory to glory, strength to strength, victory to victory. Now understand this. When we reach budgeted giving, what means is that we're covered for this year. Now, the easiest thing to do, and what I wanted to do is like, let's put it in the reserve and be good for next year. Because we don't know what next year is going to look like. But it's funny because God placed something in our heart before all this. And there's this idea that when God gives you something, what are you going to do with it? You see, the only reason we have hope is to give hope. And it was this saying, it says, because for so many of us, when, when God gives us something, we say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, and that's good. Thank God. <laughs> but what if, and this is the question we started asking, instead of just saying thank you, we said, God, what do you want me to do with the extra? Because I don't believe that God blesses us for no reason. And I also believe that God doesn't bless us to build up a reserve. And so what we decided to do as a church, we said, hey, if, since God has been so gracious, let's be gracious back. And so what we've done and what we're doing is we're just giving things away. This summer, for many of us, you guys were there. We did a drive-in theater for the city of St. Albert. Absolutely free. Had some hiccups. Come on, somebody. <laughs> but the purpose was we want to bless the community because we've been blessed. Thanksgiving, I know a lot of you guys were here. Maybe you guys don't know the magnitude, but we gave away almost $8,000 worth of Thanksgiving hampers. <laughs> to people that are less fortunate. Now, the reason I'm telling this is not to gloat is just to tell you what we do with hope. We give it. Hope is not to be kept, it's to be given. And we got more things coming down the pipeline. I got more stories to tell you guys in this series. But what I want you to understand is if God's done it before, he's gonna do it again. And one of the reasons we're taking this offering at the end of the year is because we just believe, and I believe it so prophetically in this season. I don't know what it is right now, but there is someone, there is something, there are people that need hope. And I do not want it to be a government stipend that helps people. I want it to be the church of God that helps people. And that's why we exist. That's our heart for giving. That's our heart for this series. Is when we have hope, we give it. Let's just stand for a second, church. I want to pray right now in this space. And this is a really simple appeal. It's for someone you feel like, I don't have hope this season. I need hope. I put my trust somewhere else. I put my faith in things. I put my faith in Facebook. Wherever you put your faith and your hope, your faith, it's not in Jesus, but you want it to be in Jesus right now. I want us to receive this. So every head is bowed, every eye is closed. If you're saying, I want hope in this season, just raise your hand. I want to refresh in this season. Just raise your hand. And I want to just pray for all of us. Jesus, I pray that we can put our hope in you. You are our firm foundation. You are the beginning. You are the end. You are the alpha. You are the omega. God, help us to remember that. I pray that in this season as a church, we are not marked by anything other than our generosity, our love for people, our service for people. We love you, Jesus. 
I pray for anyone in this room that needs hope. I pray for anyone in this room that has put their trust in the wrong things. And Jesus, that's all of us in this room, come on, at different times. So God, I pray for an influx of your spirit. Pour it out on us. Give us hope. Help us to be the most joyful people in the world in a time where joy seems to be limited. We love you, Jesus. We pray in your name. Hey, thank you so much for taking the time to listen to that message. If you want more information, if you made a decision to follow Jesus, head over to kingdomchurch.ca and fill out a connect card. We would love to get in contact with you. Until next time, take care.